Hi, today we are now doing part three of our series, Who Am I? On our first installment of our series, Who Am I? I mentioned that we are a child of God. You're a child of God. Don't forget that. Last week, we learned another identity that we have. We are accepted and that God's love for us is unconditional. Today, we're going to talk about another identity we have in Christ. But before I do that, I want to read this parable. And Jesus spoke these words and he said, And again, Jesus spoke them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. They didn't come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. I've killed an oxen and a fat calf and I slaughtered them and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his own farm and another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was so angry and he said, sent troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads out there in the public and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. So the servants went off into the roads and gathered all who they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to look at the guest, he saw there a man that was wearing no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, you came to a wedding, right? Did you get here without a wedding garment? Why aren't you not dressed? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him and his hands and his foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Let's pray. God, help me explain this. Holy Spirit, speak through me as I explain this very important parable that Jesus taught in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus was so wise as to speak in parables. He didn't tell us directly what he wanted to say. Instead, he used parables for us to better understand the things of God. Parables are simple stories that illustrates a moral or spiritual truth. In this passage, God was trying to explain what the kingdom of heaven is. So he compared it to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Have you ever been invited to a birthday party or to a friend's place? Did you feel welcome? Or have you invited guests to your own home and nobody showed up? How does that feel? Have you ever attended a wedding? You see, at the wedding, everybody's dressed to kill. Everyone is in their best, in their best. He has nice dresses, nice suit. This is one occasion that you don't want to miss because you want to please the bride and the groom. The wedding is a symbol of unity between two people, the bride and the groom. There's a lot of excitement and anticipation for them and their guests. Some of their guests will tra probably travel far and wide just to witness this occasion. They will witness a coming together of two people. They will witness a miracle where two people become one. 
You see, as a pastor, I've witnessed countless weddings, and I've officiated them myself. I can sense the excitement of the couple as the wedding day comes closer and closer. They've prepared for this a long, long time. People who are about to get married, you know, they have to schedule the venue way before it happens. You know, venues are not easy to find these days, and when you do find one, you make a reservation early. It is a once-in-a-lifetime event for the couple. Then they have to prepare their attire, you know, what they're going to wear. The bridal gown is a sight to remember. The bride will look her best, okay? Hopefully, you know, she doesn't trip going to the altar. I've seen that happen before, you know, in some weddings. She's all made up before. She, everything is ready, and the groom is looking his best. Then, of course, there's the entourage. The groomsmen and the bridesmaid, they look beautiful. Again, let's not forget the ring. Then the candles, and the list goes on. It's going to be a glorious day, a magical day for the couple. God compared the kingdom of heaven to a wedding. In this passage, God tells us that Jesus is the groom and the church is his bride. He says in this verse, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He was comparing you know, Christ and our, his relationship with church as that of a couple, those who are married. Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. The church is being prepared. See, when he mentioned this, he said that heaven or the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding day. And we, the church, are being prepared to meet Jesus. It is the event of all events. To continue the verse, it says, sent his servant to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Not everybody who were invited came. They said, we can't make it. Again, he sent another servant to tell them, look, I'm inviting you again. I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat cows, and I've slaughtered them, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. The bride and the groom will call and invite their closest friends and family members way before the event happens. They're going to send an invitation. Nowadays, it's an invite, or an evite rather, electronic invitation. And they will be asked to RSVP, Responde Silvo Play, meaning you have to tell us ahead of time whether you're coming or not. Most of the time, they're personally invited, not just through a mail, but through a personal call. They're going to call you or a personal visit. The bride and the groom and their families are so excited for the guests to come, right? How would you feel if they said they won't be able to make it? You know, of course, I understand there's some of them have good reasons for not coming. But for some, they, you know, it's, they don't have a good reason. How would those, the bride and the groom feel if they don't come? It goes on to say, but they paid no attention and went off, one to the farm and another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and to destroy them destroy their cities and burn their cities. Some people who were invited did not come because it wasn't important to them. 
it wasn't their priority. Or maybe it was too far and costly for others. But some were enraged and because and was mad that the servant had killed him. So the king got angry and destroyed those murders and burglar cities. See, some people didn't just go. They even tried to destroy God's servant. People were invited, but they even were against God and hurt his servants. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And to those servants went out the roads and gathered as many people as they can find, both bad and good. Here we find God inviting not just friends and family, but everyone, including those who are not family. See, God is saying he's inviting everyone to come. There's an open invitation to the world. Not just those who are part of his family, but to everyone. So the wedding hall was filled with guests, but when the king came, when he saw one guest, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. He wasn't dressed or prepared for the wedding. So he said to a friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him, bind his hand and his feet and cast him out in the outer, outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, even during Jesus' time, they know that the wedding is a very sacred gathering. They know how important this event is. So when someone is going there and it's not properly dressed, it's really very disrespectful. Funny how some people will say they will come, but they will not. Have you experienced that? They'll say yes, but they won't. And some, when they, some do, but they're just not there. They just take advantage of the event. See, God is a gentleman who would be mad if you can't make it, but angry when one is a hip, hypocrite. Okay. The next verse is the conclusion of the matter. And the main point of this parable, it says this. This is the last sentence. He says, for many are called, but few are chosen. You know what? If you're listening to this today, God is inviting you. God is calling you into his kingdom. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force people to come, but he invites everyone. Folks, you're not just called, you are also chosen. Jesus is calling all of you watching tonight, today, calling all of humanity to enter into a marriage relationship with him. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. That's why he kept saying the relationship between the church and God, it's like a marriage However, being called doesn't automatically guarantee being chosen because to be chosen means to respond actively, wholeheartedly, and obediently to God's call in your life. My question to you is this. Will you say yes to his invitation?